0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball.
0: Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, as promised on our last This Week in Rays Baseball show of the regular season, we are going to do podcasts throughout the postseason. We hope there are plenty of them. To speak of. On our first one, we're going to preview the ALDS now that the Rays know that they are taking on the Boston Red Sox. Uh, as we record this, the Rays have yet to name their roster. The deadline is Thursday morning, day of the first game at 10 a.m. And you can check out our blog at Raceradio.ml blogs for more on that. As far as the podcast goes today, we're going to chat with a couple of people. Pitching and defense are so critical to winning championships at any level. So we're going to talk a lot of pitching and also strategy and how to handle the Boston lineup and how Boston may counter. Uh, Later on on the podcast, we're going to hear from Brian Anderson, of course, from Valley Sports Sun. Uh, But we're going to begin our podcast with the Rays pitching coach, Kyle Snyder. Obviously, the news was that the Rays are going with youth In the first two games of the postseason, starting rookies, Shane McClanahan in Game 1, Shane Boz in Game 2, and likely Drew Rasmussen in Game 3. In our conversation with the Rays pitching coach Kyle Snyder, I began with workload because the Rays were really careful throughout the season and especially in September to manage workload. And I asked Kyle how he felt about the group and their overall health at this time.
2: Obviously, there's been quite a bit of turnover uh, at times throughout the year, um, you know, with the pitching staff and some of that was by design, you know, to limit some of that workload and make sure that we were doing our best to, to be at full strength once we got to October, assuming we had the opportunity to play in October. Um, so overall, I'd say, I think all of us feel pretty good about where they are from a health point with, the, the you know, the, the potential of, another, you know, to play another month.
0: How about the the thought of pitching so many young guys? I mean, Shane McClanahan, Shane Boz are going to pitch the first two games or start the first two games of the ALDS. The rookies, one is making his fourth big league start. Why do you feel confident in both those guys? Well, you know, Shane McClanahan being here the whole season, um, having the year,
2: especially the growth that he's had the second half of this season. Um, you know, you got to have tremendous and Shane, he's arguably been one of the landed pitchers, you know, in baseball this season. And then obviously what we've seen from Boz, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's been as advertised, if not maybe better. And at the end of the day, I mean, these guys have top tier stuff and they throw a lot of strikes with it. And, you know, Um, you know, Boz has an exceptionally low heart rate, no matter the situation. It's something I've come to learn here over the last four, you know, four outings or so or going into his fourth outing. And then, you know, having spent the time around Shane and just seeing him go about his business. And like I said, see, you know, what he's been able to accomplish throughout the course of the season and finishing as strong as he has gives, you know, everybody in that dugout a tremendous amount of confidence in the first two games of the series.
0: And and, and touching on Shane McClanahan, how has he matured over the course of the year? How has he grown since a lot of it, I would assume, started with the injury to Tyler Glass now and the steps he had to take forward?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what, I mean, I feel like as soon as that happened, he realized he needed to take another big step forward from what he had done the first half of the season. But, you know, his routine, he's really ironed out a lot of things relative to, you know, some of the rituals he goes through and, and just helps his preparation and, Uh, just helps him feel more confident as a result. And, you know, I think there's a lot of things that have happened. Um, you know, I think he's benefited from some opportunities to spend time around guys like Michael Walker, you know, that are very disciplined and, and, you know, really understand the importance of having a routine and how, you know, how it makes you feel prepared and how that preparation or feeling prepared translates into confidence on the mound, you know, and I've just seen him mature in a lot of ways in terms of just putting the work in between outings, you know, um, you know, he's obviously got a really gifted arm, you know, but at 24 years of age, you know, he, I think he started, he's realized what it takes to get through a full six month season at the big league level when the intensity's, you know, far more significant than, than it's been at in, in any other point in his career, just given that he's made his trek through the minor leagues. And prior to that, you know, was pitching here, you know, locally at USF, you know, the big leagues is a different, it's a whole other animal. And, you know, just to see the, the strides he's made has been really, really a lot of fun to watch.
0: With Shane Boz pitching in game two, Kevin Cash had said a lot of that also had to do with him pitching at home versus on the road. That also shows if Drew Rasmussen starts game three, a lot of confidence in what he can do on the road. Tell me why you feel good about Drew if he is pitching game three. Well, it's hard not
2: to feel good about Drew with what he's accomplished in this last month, especially given the opponents he's faced. Since the move to you know, the rotation, I mean, he's gained a tremendous amount of confidence and rightfully so with how well he's pitched. Um, But the thing that stands out to a lot of us is that, you know, he's done it against, you know, arguably the better offenses in the league and he's done it at their places a lot. And, you know, I think his heart rate, you know, similar to that as Shane Boz's in terms of what I've noticed since he's been up here, you know, he really has the ability to slow the game down. Um, Arguably as, as good a fastball command as anybody on our team and it's still a power fastball. And, you know, at the end of the day, when he needs it, he has the ability to get the swing and miss, you know, when there's, you know, when it's necessary. You got a guy in third with less than two. Um, but just I I think that, you know, what he's done since moving into the rotation gives us confidence, whether it's home or road, um, you know, but just, you know, he's a little bit more seasoned. You know, he's a little bit older, a little kind of probably closer to the end zone, I should say. Um, You know, but the confidence in all three of those guys, just given the size of their stuff and their ability to use it in the zone before two strikes in particular, you know, really gives us a lot of, you know, just a a lot of uh, confidence going into the series in general.
0: A lot of what the bullpen or with those young starters, though, you're going to need a lot of work out of the bullpen overall. So how much length do you need? How many multi-inning guys do you need? How many, let's say, bulk guys do you feel you need among the remaining pitchers? You know,
2: I think it's going to be important to carry at least, you know, three or four
0: multi-inning capable relievers, uh, whether, you know, they're former starters
2: or bulk guys from, you know, the year. Uh, The handedness is relatively even, you know, in terms of the two teams that we potentially face on Thursday. Um, Obviously, we do always prioritize, you know, the matchup and the platoon advantage, but I would say three or four guys that are capable of multi-innings, even if that comes in the form of, you know, Michael Walker or Yarborough um, or Fleming, you know, it would depend a little bit, you know, you could reduce some innings on them, but, you know, you've seen the the J.P. Fireheisens, the uh, Daniel Robertson's, the you know, Andrew Kittredge's, the Colin McHugh's also be able to provide multiple innings. So, you know, I think it gives us a little bit of flexibility there um, to continue to remain, you know, aggressive in our thoughts, um, And just kind of see the game play out and you know if we were able to get a lead you know at some point in the middle of that game then it gives us that you know that chance to use some of those guys in multi-inning capacities and leverage without having two particular guys for two innings
0: because both the Yankees and Red Sox are fairly right-handed does right-handed or left-handed mean that much I
2: well yes I you know just again given You know, on both sides of the ball, you know, as much as as we really prefer the matchup and the platoon advantage, given that right on right, left on left. um, It's definitely going to factor into some of the decision making uh, as we round round out our rosters going forward. But, you know, I I think that does give a bit of an advantage to to some of our right handed relief options. Um, You know, but we'll see how things shake out here over the next 24 hours.
0: And I guess what I mean by that is, um, you know, if if uh, Waka with his changeup it allows him to be effective against lefties, or you know, if uh, McHugh and Kittredge have been really good on lefties, you don't necessarily it, picking a left-hander or a right-hander really doesn't matter as much as long as they're effective against either side. Correct?
2: That's correct. Yeah. I mean, we do uh, generally try to on the hand of this is always going to be prioritized. You know, the guys that are neutral, right, that have the capability of getting both hands out and have shown that over a course of time are guys that are definitely, well, I mean, we've, we've certainly coveted. And then, you know, um, and even if a guy is dominant against, you know, the same hand you know, we're always trying to figure out a way to make them a little bit more neutral and be just as effective or close to as effective against left-handers as well. So, you know, we do have a handful of guys that are capable of getting both hands out, and those guys are going to certainly prove to be valuable as well, um, you know. And then there's also guys like Fleming who, you know, you, you know can provide you in multiple innings, but also is, you know, generally speaking, just given how good his sinker is, is very platoon-heavy against a left-handed hitter. You know, we don't have Chaz, you know, currently active, you know, but that would be an example of a guy that would be really good against right-handers, you know, but I think overall we probably do have more guys out of the pen this year that we'll use in the postseason uh, that are capable of getting both hands out, um, maybe more often than we've maybe seen in the past.
0: And we touched on starters that you've shortened up. How about Luis Patino? How have you felt about how he's looked in his couple outings out of the pen? I
2: think he's looked fantastic, Neil. I mean just to see you know, average at 97-98, you know, um he's a young powerful kid and you know the slider's also tightened up a little bit. You know, I could envision him, you know, potentially pitching multiple innings or pitching 2 to 3 innings at the start of a game as well. Um you know, but seeing him in in shorter bursts and carrying that, you know, 2 to 3 average, you know, you know average fastball at additional 2 to 3 miles an hour really you know, really separates him, um, you know, and he's pounding the strike zone. And, you know, I, I certainly expect him, to, you know, to play a major role in what we accomplished in October as well.
0: When you get down to it, when the roster is decided for the ALDS, somebody's going to be disappointed. How do you handle those conversations and make sure they understand that they could be used in the ALCS, they could be used in the World Series, and they have to kind of stay focused?
2: Well, it's it's going to be disappointing, and there's nothing that I'm going to do say that's going to take any of that disappointment out of them it's just important to keep them hungry make them realize that you know once we go to two potential seven game series beyond this we're probably going to carry an additional pitcher who we face is going to impact who's rostered and they just have to stay on task and you know it's uh you know we've we've really benefited from the fact that you know we've rostered a lot of really talented pitchers this year neil um and all of them have the you know the potential of continuing to contribute contribute throughout the month of october so it's just important that they maintain you know a positive headspace and keep themselves ready um you know because our expectation is to play the full month
0: and part of that is conversations that you have and, and you know, getting a really good feel for guys. I know Rick Knapp was here on Tuesday. How much has he helped in terms of you getting to know a lot of guys who spend probably more time with him than they have with you? Rick's
2: been tremendous, you know, and he's just tremendous, you know, in terms of just the relationships that he builds with these guys, how invested he is in each one of them, in their careers, and just personal growth. So just being able to have Rick around, matter of fact, you know, I, I just had a good conversation with him. You know, just talking—you know—talking about you know some of the guys that he's had, and him seeing his own, him seeing growth. You know, even separate from him, you know, the the time with them, uh, and giving him an opportunity to kind of circle back and and spend some time with these guys. It was nice on on Tuesday to, to to see him do that because these guys have such an appreciation for what you know he's done for them throughout the course of this year. Um, And, you know, it's a special bond that, you know, that's created there. I mean, AAA is a really tough level. It's tough levels for staff. It's tough levels for players. Um, It can be ground zero in a lot of ways. And and to to see that, you know, the effort that he and Brady put in with these guys and and all the success that they had, you know, as their team, you know, (laughs) just did nothing but shatter records this year. But, you know, they've done far more than that and and being an extension of our major league roster and, and really finishing guys off and getting them to the big leagues has been it's been a true treat you know and rick's been fantastic for us
0: and i understand that there's going to be a group that's going to work down in port charlotte after decisions are made will he be kind of monitoring that group and making sure they're getting work in that's
2: correct neil uh he lives down in port charlotte and he's offered it up and you know he's going to be down there and and stan and myself will be coordinating with him uh, just in terms of who is on that taxi group, um, and the importance of making sure that you know that the, the readiness is there, and and the guys that we need to keep you know built up and conditioned to multi inning capacities are getting their work in down there, and the rest of the guys are pitching with enough frequency that you know they're they're capable of coming up and providing you know a need if uh, if one arises and, and and somebody happens to get hurt on a roster. Um, you know, but it, it provides, I uh, stand myself, a tremendous amount of comfort knowing that Rick's going to be down there, um, you know, and in working with a lot of the guys that he's had a tremendous influence on throughout the course of the year.
0: Well, we certainly appreciate the time of uh, Rays pitching coach Kyle Snyder joining us. He was talking a little bit about Rick Knapp, the Durham pitching coach, and now he's helped out. Joining us now to help out with analysis of this series is Brian Anderson of Bally Sports Sun. And BA, you know, I started with Kyle in terms of the workload and how good he felt about where guys were at from a workload standpoint, especially in the month of September going into October and health-wise. How do you feel about this group going forward?
1: I have zero concerns whatsoever. I, I I know that um, you know that these young pitchers and and even the veterans, guys like Michael Walker and uh, that have been around, their workload has certainly been monitored all year long. I think everybody's in really good shape as far as you know pitch counts and innings pitched, all of the above. And I will tell you this: when you get into October playoff baseball, if you were feeling a little fatigued the last week or two of September, that's gone. It's, it's gone. It, it, this is a completely new animal. You get a, a, a burst of adrenaline that you can't even imagine. And so w- with how these guys have been managed and what they're about to go into, I have zero concern on any sort of fatigue, workload issues, anything whatsoever.
0: I was not shocked at how the races set up the rotation, going with Shane McClanahan, then Shane Boz at home, followed by the likelihood of Drew Rasmussen on the road for Game 3. Are there any concerns there just in terms of youth and handling all that adrenaline for playoff games against Boston?
1: I think for sure. I You know, I, I think that that's the one thing that that uh, would concern me, and I think these guys are perfectly capable of handling it, but it's still an unknown. Shane McClanahan, you know, is a rookie and has never, I know he's gotten postseason experience, but he has never started a postseason game, and it's going to be in a packed house Tropicana Field it's going to be loud it's going to be a different atmosphere than he's ever pitched in because even even pitching in front of limited fans last season is not the same as what they're going to face this year and then uh, you know Shane Baz is making his fourth major league start i think he's perfectly capable of handling it too very good composure and poise that we saw in his you know three regular season starts but i think that some of these young pitchers and young position players for that matter are going to be Um, I mean, they're going to be exposed to an atmosphere that they've never played in front of before. Playoff baseball, packed houses, whether it's home or on the road, and it's going to be a different setting. And how quickly they settle in will be key especially for these young pitchers, get off to a quick start, settle into the game. That's the one thing that I learned my first time ever pitching in the playoffs is that the atmosphere can be overwhelming, but if you can keep that in check, when you get out there on the mound and you throw that first pitch, you realize, hey, this is just another baseball game, and then you go to work, and that's what you need from these guys, quick starts.
0: I kind of look at this series, if the Rays can hold their own with the young starters early in the game, I think the edge is there with the bullpen. You know, you've got Sale, Rodriguez, Evaldi, guys who have experience. If the game's even when the starters leave, I think edge Rays. How do you look at it?
1: Listen, Neil, I've already read your blog. I, I already know how you feel about this series in that respect, and I agree with you. I completely agree with you. If they can hold serve against the veteran starters that the Red Sox are going to run out there, and trust me, it's going to be a tough group when you start thinking about Rodriguez and Sale um, and Evaldi. We saw what Evaldi did last night. Uh, you know to that Yankee lineup so it's going to be a challenge but if they can hold serve absolutely I think it's a distinct advantage that swings in the Rays favor.
0: Okay then let's bring up another point I brought up how would you as a pitcher try and control the righties because the Rays had a lot of trouble with Renfro and Bogarts and even Dahlbeck during the regular season how do you pitch those guys to be as effective as possible?
1: Well, I, I think that the first thing that you do is you go back and say, what did they hurt us on? I mean, are these mistakes? Do we, are, is the game plan sound, in other words? um and it's just a matter of not executing pitches. If that's the case, well then you know what you've got to lock in in your mind with these guys, I've got to execute. I've got to think location or area more so than just trying to overpower them with stuff cuz that hasn't worked out so well. So I think first of all you've got to identify the problem and then that's how you go about fixing it. Like I said, if it's a if it's if the game plan is solid and it's just execution issues, well, then, then the pitchers need to get better. Or maybe you go back and say, our game plan isn't very good, and we need to kind of adjust on the fly and shift gears. And so then you're, you go in that direction. The wonderful thing for Kyle Snyder is the group that he's working with is fully capable of making either adjustment. And they will go into this series very well prepared, and it'll come down to overall execution and you know these guys are again they're 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 very capable they've proven that they've shown that and now it's time to do it on the big stage
0: as we record this we don't know yet about jd martinez if he's in the lineup who is the key to the red sox lineup in slowing them down as a group is it schorber is it devers is it bogarts who do you think is is the kind of linchpin in that group
1: well, you know it's tough to say. I, I mean, right now, as hot as Rafael Devers has been, you think about him. Bogarts the big home run last night. It's funny because going into that game, I thought with J.D. Martinez being out, Bogarts is going to have to. You know, you you want him to step up, especially against a right-hander like Garrett Cole. May not be the easiest matchup. And what does he do? He goes out and pops a two-run homer in the in the first inning. So. There are any number of hitters in this lineup that that can hurt you, obviously. But my focus would tend to drift towards Bogarts, Devers. Uh, you know, the right-handed, left-handed. You know, that that combo. You've got to control that combo. I think Hunter Renfro, as good of a year as he's had, um, you know, he has some holes in his swings, his swing that you know, that can be exploited. Uh, J.D. Martinez, I think the Rays have a good idea how to attack him. But Bogarts and Devers have shown that ability to adjust themselves within a series, within a game, uh, within the course of an at-bat. So those are going to be the tough ones I think you've got to lock in on.
0: If there's one or two, who do you pitch to in a big spot, Devers or Bogarts, if you've got a, you're in a situation where you have to pitch to one?
1: If I have to pitch to one, I'm probably going to pitch to Bogarts because I'm going to have a right-handed heavy bullpen um, and you're going to have the, the favorable matchup going right on right with him, especially with the really good sliders that are coming out of that pen uh, and the overwhelming uh, fastballs. So I, I would definitely go with uh, facing Bogarts as opposed to Devers.
0: What'd you th- speaking of bullpens, what do you think of Patino coming out of the bullpen the last uh, couple appearances and, and how big a factor can he be for this group? You know what? That remains to be
1: seen. Um, you know, I, I think that he can be a factor, and I, I, you can envision a playoff series where you know he's kind of quiet. But I, I was very encouraged by what we saw because you don't know, you don't know, making that transition in September, coming out of the pen, uh, how a guy's going to react. Because the one thing we know about, you know, Patino is. A lot of times, when he gets into trouble, it's because he gets himself into trouble, either through bad counts or walks, and that's what you cannot have coming out of the pen. If you're going to pitch meaningful innings coming out of the bullpen in October, you have to be able to fill up the strike zone. And I thought that he did a good job of that. And not only that, but his vol his uh, velocity went up. So he came out aggressive, uh, pounded the zone, and I think uh, there's certainly that's that's very encouraging, and it has to be, you know. The encouraging to the coaching staff too as they look to you know piece this team together and that pitching staff together but it just gives them another quality option
0: let's look at it from the flip side obviously the rays were the second best team in the league from an offensive standpoint second best team in baseball from an offensive standpoint in terms of runs scored are they better right now against lefties or are they better against righties the way wanderer was swinging the bat late in the year you know what? I feel good about this offense
1: against either one. I mean, there are certain times where you would say, wow, they, they've struggled against left-handed pitching. Um, but I think that, you know, Wander Franco swinging the bat well from the right side and a lot of, you know, Zanino hammers righties. Brandon Lau or ha- handles lefties. Brandon Lau has really stepped his game up overall and, and really stepped it up against left-handed pitching. So, I feel good about this lineup no matter who they face. I think they've got different ways to beat you. I think, obviously, a lot of their runs came via the home run, a lot of home runs with runners on base, but they've shown the ability to be versatile with their offense. Uh, you know, They've shown the ability to steal a bag when they need to. They're a very good base running team. The one thing that I would, would lock in on, and this hurt them in that Sunday game against the Yankees, in October playoff baseball, runner on third less than two, got to get them in. You have got to find a way to put the ball in play. And I know as the season went on, the Rays got better and better with their strikeout rate as a team, but October baseball is about moving base runners. You've got to move base runners, tight games, you know, highly contested games, the runner on third, less than two, you cannot have strikeout, strikeout. That will lose you games, that will lose you series. So you've got to move the baseball. That's what I'll be focused in on.
0: Does last year's experience help with this one? 100%. 100%. No doubt about it. Because
1: for a lot of these guys, it was their first taste of playoff baseball, even without the crowd. There's still that um, that the edge that you feel playing a, a game where you, you win and you go up in the series, you lose, you go down in the series, or you go home. There's something to be said for those type of moments that you can't replicate during the regular season. So being able to go through that Yes, that is uh, th- that will help them settle in quicker. It'll help them understand what is on its way, um, and and how big these moments can get. The only wild card to all of this is are going to be the fans. You know, instead of playing, you know, in a in another ballpark with cardboard cutouts, or in another location with cardboard cutouts, and then limited fans down in Texas, you're going to roll into Fenway in a few days. Uh, in front of you know 40,000 rabid Red Sox fans, and that's going to be different. But I think by that point, um, they'll have settled into the series and they'll be able to handle it.
0: What do you see, B.A., as the keys to this series and why? Um,
1: well, I think it's uh, two things for me. Uh, it, 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 situational hitting as we just kind of talked about run around third, less than two, you know, moving a base runner, a productive out, all of those things that the analytics and metrics people don't put a whole lot of stock into those matter in October. They, they do. You'll, you'll, even if they, if, if it's said that it doesn't matter A run around second, if a guy hits a ground ball to the right side and he makes an out, guess what? When he gets in the dugout, they're going to be high fives up and down that dugout because he moved the base runner. Those little things matter. So situational hitting is going to be big for me and the young starters for the Rays, how do they hold up? Do they look jumpy early on, or do they look calm, poised, composed, and are they gonna be able to get you off to a good start in a ball game? Those, Those are gonna be the two huge keys for me, and if they're able to pull both of those off, then they're gonna advance.
0: Not that the Rays could do anything about it, B.A., but as you watch the wild card game, To me, Boston was the more experienced team in terms of postseason. The Yankees were the team that I thought I worried about because their pitching was so deep. Um, Who was, in your mind, before the game, the better matchup for the Rays and why?
1: You know what? I I would probably go with, uh, and I don't know if it's a better matchup, but I would like to have seen it. It was the Yankees. Um, Granted, they've got a strong bullpen but they are, you know, that's a vulnerable team who the Rays play a, a high level of confidence against them. I think that they pitch them very, very well. They understand the strengths and weaknesses of that ball club and can do a really good job of, of you know, exploiting that. Um, but that being said, you know, now you get the Boston team, and, and that's, I mean, to me, that's a, that's a tougher matchup early in the game. Not as much later when you get into the Boston bullpen, but early in the game with the versatility of the offense that they're going to face, um, some of the athleticism, is, at least as far as the swings go, the Bogarts and and making adjustments and Renfro and J.D. Martinez, for Dugo swinging the bat well. Um, you've got some young, high-energy guys, and a really good starting rotation that you're going to go up against. But I, uh, you know, so that, that's why rolling it over. I think the Rays, you know, handle those Yankee bats. I don't care what the what their names are. Rays would hand, handle those Yankee bats, and um, and you know, have the advantage in the pitching staff, and then maybe the bullpens are a wash. But that would have been, I think, a little bit better of a matchup. But either one, they played them well during the regular season. Either team was going to be a challenge. So bring it on.
0: Here's to a successful ALDS, B.A. We certainly appreciate some time to break it down, and hopefully we're chatting about the ALCS in about a week.
1: Sounds very good, Neil. Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: That's Brian Anderson of Valley Sports Sun. Remember, we'll have podcasts as we go. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks to B.A., thanks to Kyle Snyder, and we'll talk with you soon.